Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the State News Sports Podcast. And before we get into it, um, Stephen, you and I can kind of speak about this, you more so than I can. Um, people in the office, they were talking about moral victories and how even though MSU got mollywhopped in that game, um, maybe not statistically, but the end score and the way they played, the play calling, it, it was very lopsided. And somebody said that, you know what, at least MSU has the moral victory. What do you have to say about that, Stephen? There's no such thing as moral victory. Yeah? <laughs> but there's not. You can't... For a... Well, why don't you spell it out? Like, because... Yeah, no, yeah. Define what a moral victory is well, to there, some people. There isn't. Well, I guess this one, I guess people would take away moral victories as, oh, they kept it close. They lost by nine, really lost by eight, or really lost by six, in a sense, without a... Or seven, really, without Jibril Peppers returning the two-point conversion... But See, there are no moral victories here because you kept it close with the number two team in the country. You had your chances to win, and yet you've won. This program's won two of the last three Big Ten titles, has owned this series seven of the last eight, and now seven of the last nine, seven of the last ten, has owned all of them. And they've decided that, oh, we're going to revert back to, oh, if we just barely lose to a good team, we're somehow good. Yeah. Or somehow it's, it's, it's okay, it's acceptable that we kept it close with a team that, uh, you know, is going to do some things this year. They're the real deal. But we're going to somehow say, oh, it's, it's a good thing. Now, now, now when your program is at the height that it's been in the past 10 years where you're going to somehow resort back to, oh, I'm going to take some moral victory out of this that we somehow kept it close and Michigan didn't molly off us like they were going to like they thought we were going to do. It, when you look at it too, what's so moral about that that you don't come away a better person? I don't you, think that's not what they mean. You don't come away feeling better about yourself. You shouldn't. No. Because it, at the end of the day your team still lost. And you know what? I in my eyes I think Michigan State blew that game. They had a chance to win that game. They were they were in it for a little bit, but not as my as not in the ways people thought. Yeah, there was no in my mind there was no real conceivable way Michigan State was somehow going to win because their talent just wasn't there. And when when they get down the close to the goal line and you run it four straight times, you don't deserve to win a football game like that. Yeah, um, and I I see where they when it was fourth and goal from the one. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand why you go for it on fourth down. Just kick the field goal. I not, understand not that in this you. Game, no. I no, but not I understand you get points when you can get them. Not in this kind of when game. When you're facing, not when you're getting outpaced like that. Yeah, but when you you're facing one of the best teams or one of the best defenses in the country, points are going to be at a premium. No yeah, matter but you what. shouldn't have run it. You shouldn't even have to have been in a situation to contemplate going for it on fourth down. You should yeah. punch this t- a, punch, a touchdown in when you line up with no receivers split out on four straight plays. Even I know I can stop it. And when you don't play action at all, I'm going to stop the run. I can stop the run. I could have upended L.J. Scott, and he's got a hundred pounds on me because I know it's coming. Michigan knew it was coming. There's no force behind making those plays. They know it's coming. You just blow it up in the backfield. It's not very hard. So it's, there's some questionable coaching decisions in that game. Oh, yeah. To be honest with you. And when one of them is, do you actually need to go for two at that point? People somehow kind of playing that they think they're going to get another Jalen Watts Jackson because it happened once in their lifetime. It's not going to happen again. 99 out of 100 times Michigan wins that game last year, but the one time that everything seemed to work, it was a magical play. There was no 
look, you can say they schemed for it and the Rangers, it was coming, they practiced it, they, you know, and what do you do? But that's such a low percentage play. You practice it just in case you get the opportunity. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. And that, that play never should have happened. The guy, all he had to do was catch the ball and get it off and the game was over. So, so Jalen Watts Jackson was, is, is wholly magical. It's not, it's not somehow some um, coaching thing that they, they won on because they're entirely good and skilled. There was, a, there was a miscommunication on Harbaugh's end, stupidity. And then you have just D'Antonio going, hey, I got nothing left. I have to run this play. So whatever. Whatever. Let's, uh, let's get into the nitty-gritty of it. What, what were some of the things that stuck out to you in the game on Saturday? What do you mean? Just in, in your eyes. I mean, the team has played better than they have in previous weeks after losses, after the, what, the five straight losses before that? I think just the ineptitude of the program where they somehow put more emphasis on Michigan um, which is fu- which was fine in 07, 08, 09, and hell, even 10 when they want to share the Big Ten title. You don't need to put extra emphasis on Michigan anymore when you've won extra so two Big Ten title, three Big Ten titles in this decade. You don't need to put it, look that that's so that's actually dumb. And I'd rather be on Harbaugh's end where he said this game we treat every game like a championship game. Antonio's put always put more emphasis on here, and they somehow woke up and played their best game of the year because they were more inspired to play Michigan. That's kind of a worthless team to me. That's, well, that's, that's stupid. When you, you, what, you can't get up for Maryland? You can't hunt down a Big Ten title? You somehow, like when you get up and play Wisconsin, you play the most uninspired football game of your life, and then you somehow come in and play Michigan, and it's just better? No, that's an aptitude up and down, and that starts with coaching. I'm, I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. What if they play a similar game against Ohio State? I'll say the same thing. You can't, you can't pick and choose how you can't pick and choose how and when you get up and play that that shouldn't work and you shouldn't deserve to win x amount of games or or big 10 titles based on you just get oh you i just want to show up whenever i feel like it that you're gonna you're gonna put more emphasis on games that matter or teams that are contenders no if you actually want to be a contender you play like you did against michigan every game you win you win the indiana game you maybe win the wisconsin game with the effort they had against michigan the defensive effort in the second half they play like that all year they probably beat Wisconsin by a field goal. They're gonna beat. They'd beat Indiana. They wouldn't have let that happen. Would have beat BYU. Probably would have beat Northwestern. But when you're gonna line up and just pick and choose when you want to show up and play inspired football, you deserve to go two and ten the rest of the year. If they lose out, that's what they get. That's karma. That's what. That's what you get for going up two or trying to get in two points at the end of the game when you're not gonna win. Do you think some of that quote unquote inspiration carries over though to Illinois? Do you think it kind of created Maybe. like a spark plug effect they've shown positive signs in a bunch of games and they, they don't carry it over ever the only game that's ever clicked is this one and it's dumb that they like i said it's dumb that they pick and choose and if it continues to go on if, if they beat illinois which they should they're somehow nine and a half point favorites in there they're still getting a lot of respect even for being two and six i guess illinois maybe that's just that bad and you know they're pressing against history right now i mean the last time they lost seven in a row was the 82 team yeah i guess you gotta look yourself in the mirror and go hey do i want to lose another game yeah and And they haven't done that i I think if you go back to that that's one of the longest losing streaks in the school's history i think the only other time was when they went oh and nine back in the 1910s yeah um you it's baffling that a program that can lose or couldn't go 12 and two and lose in the college football national semifinal. And then go two and six the next year and pick and choose when it wants to show up and play football. When it last year, all it did was play football whenever it 
you know, whatever it wanted to. Got bailed out here and there by a fourth down spike at Rutgers and, and other things like that. It's it's mind boggling to me whether that's I mean, D'Antonio's a heck of a coach and you know, he can get the benefit of the doubt on certain things and it's a Mark D'Antonio coach team and they show up in big games, but when you only treat X amount of games as big games instead of all of them as big games, you deserve to go two and six. You deserve to be in this spot. If you want to win a national title, you subscribe to Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh's ideals or Nick Saban's. And that's every game matters. Not, oh, we're playing our rival this week. Let's let's play big boy football this week. Took you a while, huh? Why, where, where, where were those play calls against Northwestern? Where was, where was that inspired defense against Northwestern? Did it take you six weeks to wake up? Because that's awful. When you have a whole summer to figure it out and half of these players played last year, that's awful. That's inexcusable, and you don't deserve to play football if you're going to pick and choose when you want to show up. And these guys always say they come out with a tough edge, but why did I only see it one week? Oh, because this game matters a little bit more? Stupid. You actually want to be a football player, want to compete, want to win national titles? You play like you did against Michigan every single week. And when you don't, you, don't, you, get, you deserve this. You deserve to be 2-6. and six. I don't care that Michigan is your rival. I don't care if you get more disrespect from them than any other team. You show up and play every team like it matters because that's what Jim Harbaugh does with his school I don't like particularly like Jim Harbaugh's personality sometimes but the guy's a hell of a coach and the way he does it is the right way to do it he can be a little off the rails with certain things but he plays within the rules and what he's done with this program right now and the talent that he inquired and what he did with it that's coaching and that's good coaching and when you can inspire your guys to play actual football week in and week out they treat Michigan State like every other game Went in, did their business, left the stadium. They always do. This one just happened to have a trophy with it. Uh, hey, <laughs> that was a really – you made a string of really good points right there. And I, I don't really know how much I can add to that because I'm pretty much on the same page as you are. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't know what else can MSU do to – you can't really take away any positives from the season that so far. I mean, you get some good reps from Lewerke, but he's gone now. And uh, yep, he's gone. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you got Donnie Corley, who's kind of emerged as and, and poor a Donnie Corley because he's. And, and when I say they they pick and choose, it's not every player. Yeah, it's no. it's 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 the majority of them. Yeah, I mean, case in point, Riley Bullo. Because and this might be and this might hurt their pride a little bit if they were to hear it, and they might call me out. But I've been on teams where. You, you you pick and choose, but there were there were titles that I, I won as a player because we treated every game like it was a rivalry game. I didn't care if I was playing my crosstown rival because in my head I had played them three weeks before against a lesser opponent. I treated them like they were that that team my, my crosstown rival, and we still we still spanked them. We spanked the team before. It doesn't matter if it was a, a rivalry game. I I don't understand where that mentality comes from. The Antonio putting emphasis on that game because you wanted to shape the program like Michigan back in 07 made sense because you're a small-time program that nobody cares about, and you have to beat the one program in your state that is the dominant program. That works, and it worked for four to five years in his span. But at, once you start winning Big Ten titles, that game is not as big as it used to be, especially when you own the series at your time here. So yeah, I could go on for forever about, oh, we need to beat Michigan, and that's Michigan State's chief chief rival and and. We need to beat them every year, and they, yeah, if we don't beat them, it's somehow a lost year. But if you were to lose to them, still in the Big Ten title, who gives it? If Michigan loses, if you lose to Michigan, if you win eleven and one, still won the Big Ten title. 
because it doesn't matter because that's the goal at the end of the year. It's not to beat Michigan. That might have been the goal in 07 when you're trying to get to a bowl game because your program's god-awful until you can figure it out and build it up from the ground. And what he's done now is great. But the goal now is Big Ten titles not beating Michigan. And so when you pick and choose your your battles in a season where you just flat-out suck, good, good for you. You don't deserve to have a program. Well... <laughs> We, we keep going back and forth, and it's, it sounds like you're beating a dead horse, but everything seems to go back to the play calling, the coaching, and it leads to this uninspired brand of football. It's, it's the same mistakes week in and week out, and you, you don't know whether it's – do they not watch enough film? Do they, do they not self-reflect? Do they not figure it out? Like you'd think these are all parts of being a college football player with tons of money and, and time, and you don't really need to go to school half the time when you're a student athlete, air quotes, because they're not students, half of them. And so when you – when you go to when you go to a place to play football, maybe that's what you should spend all your time doing. But that whatever, I'm 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 too heated. Go, take over. And you know what? I mean, you take the words right out of my mouth because I, there's not really much more I can add to it. And I mean, if you're gonna go and berate Steven for flying off the deep end for ranting like this, even though it was a good game that they played, I mean, look at it from his shoes. I mean, I would be mad too if I had to watch a, just a steaming pile of garbage for 12 weeks, and then you have to act like everything's okay. No, I mean, if MSU basketball is bad, I I, I would be frustrated because. When you're forced to watch a product, you nitpick, you analyze. There's everything. You get to see every aspect of it. He lives through it. He talks to the coaches. He talks to the players. And they're letting fans down and fans follow. It it, it doesn't make any sense. You you have to realize that this year's a lost year and beating Michigan doesn't make it better. Like if they had somehow beaten Michigan, it would be a... You should be even more mad that they were able to beat Michigan but couldn't beat anybody else. That's what I don't get. They've, they've picked and choose their battles now that they're bad. And it, you should have been, like I said, you should have been inspired to play. When you, Like I said, I keep going back to it. But if you if you win two of the last three Big Ten titles, your next goal should be win the next, you know, make it three of four or four of five, five of six. And when you go and you have a year like this and you don't play inspired football except against an opponent that th- this is all go three stuff. Like at a consistently bad program that's just awful, where the only thing they can do every year is ruin Michigan's season. They've resorted back to that, and it's stupid. I, you, that doesn't happen here anymore. That that happened in D'Antonio's first years. Yeah, beating Michigan—that's always the way Michigan State fans get their rocks off here, because they're obsessed with them. And it's really kind of sad when your team starts winning Big Ten titles, and then they resort back to this. So you could, you're, if you really want to get your rocks off because you want to ruin Michigan season because you're just bad, you should be more upset that your team is bad than if you should have been more upset if they somehow beat Michigan. So get your rocks off watching whatever you want to watch from here on out. But this team doesn't deserve your fan viewership, and you don't. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. You, <laughs> this team doesn't deserve your your viewership, and you don't deserve <laughs> if you. If you're on that bandwagon of, hey, let's go back to 03, and if we just beat Michigan and we just ruin Ohio State's season, you don't deserve to be a fan. So it's just me. Well, uh, one more thing before we transition. I just want to talk about how Tyler O'Connor, there are other players on the team that are on your side that take no moral victories. You mentioned it in your cover story that there are players that are still just as frustrated, and beating or competing with a Michigan team isn't a moral victory because those don't exist. Um, but when we come back, I, hey, your Chicago Cubbies, the bright side, they, they forced the game six, and yeah. you got Arietta going. Can they make it a game seven? <laughs> we'll find out.
Welcome back, everybody. Coming back at you at a Tuesday edition of our podcast. And you know what? Steven's Cubbies, they're forcing a game six. They're going back to Cleveland. They've got a chance. They're down, but they're not out. Um, so game six, give you a brief recap. Lester, he, he only gave game up two. Five. He looked pretty good. Game five. Sir. I'm sorry. Game five. Yeah, come on. Buddy, okay, okay. You're the baseball fan. Yeah, come on. I, but I don't know numbers. That's why I'm a journalism major. I can't count to seven. That's true. Okay, that's true. You can't lay off my back. That's why you don't cover the football team because you couldn't get above the touchdown numbers. Oh, oh, sorry. Anyway, um, I didn't mean that. I mean, you, that's why you covered baseball. It was the highest score was about four to two. Yeah, I mean, I, I shot you a text. Bauer, he looked good, but he gave up one too many. And I, when I sent you that text, I said. Chicago can't just score one run with the bases loaded. Right. And, I mean, that's what a good team does. That's why they're in the World Series. Right. And Chapman finishes out the game oh. eight an eight-out save. First time it's been done since 2014 But when Madison Bumgarner did it. And, hey, I mean, it's a shame that if the Cubs do win, they can't win it at home. But I, I think at this point, Cub fans are willing to do whatever they can um, for that victory. And you go out, you get Arietta in game six against, I believe, Josh Tomlin, who hasn't pitched yet in the World Series. And, hey, I, I said it once, and I'll say it again. Winner of game six wins the series. Well, technically, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, if Cleveland wins, they technically win the whole thing. At yeah, that point. like, that's, that's exactly my point. Right. If Chicago wins game six, they're going to win game seven. I, could see, I see your point. And, I, like, I, I can't just nitpick and choose – the things that I want, but everything in recent memory, whether it be NBA finals, previous world series, whoever wins game six ends up winning the championship. It's true. It, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, such an interesting thing to watch with the Cubs. Cause they're been on the brink of elimination. What? Tw- or well, not once, once this series, but almost lot, almost was on the brink of elimination and, on the road in San Francisco, had they not won Game Four there? Oh yeah, and then they oh, they were down two to one against LA. Yeah, and then they've still found a way to come back, and I, it it kind of ticks me off. It's almost like <laughs> my rant I just had against about Michigan State, where they somehow they seem to pick and choose when their bats show up, and it happens to be when they're down. Well, yeah, I mean they they don't really have the opportunity to choose anymore. You're right. No, they have to. I mean their backs are against the wall. And I I'm gonna give Cleveland a little bit of flack here because I, I think they're having trouble manufacturing runs. They've kind of been living and dying by the long ball. Right. Because you get Ramirez in game five, Kluber well uh, not Kluber, I'm sorry, Kipnis, but I mean by the time uh Kipnis hit his home run, I mean it was already broken wide open. Mm-hmm. And I think the advantage goes to Arietta. I think they force a game seven because it's Jake Arietta. He he struggled a little bit in the middle of the season, but he's been lights out pretty well, much. And then game two, he was I mean blanked on. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's got the he's got the arm and he's got the competitiveness. And I I I think they pull out game six, game seven. I mean, I'll be on the edge of my seat all day, and it'll. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to go to class and focus, but <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean, I, I'm you looking know. at Josh Tomlin's stats right now. Um, he's got like a 1.1 something ERA in the World Series. He he did pitch um, against the Cubs. Okay, it was Game Three then. Right? Yeah, um, and hey, I mean, if he can get the job done, so be it. Um, but I don't think he does, and I think Cleveland. They're they're kind of feeling the heat a little bit because the hardest game of the series is the fourth and final game. And 
in my mind, I don't think Josh Tomlin outpitches Jake Arrieta. He Jake Arrieta knows what he has to do to give his team a chance and what it means for th- that whole team. I mean, they went in, they were they went into the season favored, and they've lived up to every expectation since. Yeah, I think Game Seven because it'll probably be Kluber and Hendricks. You'd think, right? Yeah, Would they pitch Kluber in game. No, it, it would probably be Kluber. Okay. Because Kluber is... It'll be enough days rest, I think, right? Yeah, and if you can't go on short rest, then yeah. what are you even you, doing here? You don't here? deserve to win it, right. Um, it, yeah, it's hard to, for me to break it down without being too much of a fan, but, you know, I, I do think the Cubs take game six, and then game seven to me, I'm not going to I'm not gonna predict that one. That one's a little too no. up in the air, but it you almost want this to go game seven, and am I going to... I'm not going to take moral victory. <laughs> I'm not going to take moral <laughs> victories out of the Cubs losing... Um, in a game seven, but I'm happy they got to the World Series at this point because but, they should be favored to get back again and, and win it. If they have the experience of getting there and losing in it, then they have that feeling for the rest of the year, and it carries over on a short what short rest into spring training. Yeah, kind of like the uh, the Royals, how they did that two years ago or right. three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, they got there, they fell short, and then they came back and did it. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Uh I mean, it, would it almost be a good thing for the Cubs to come back, lose it, and then have that chip on their shoulder the rest of the year? Because I think at that point, they, they got there, and they need to learn how to close it out. You, right. you kind of showed me that point, and I mean, it's a valid point that I, I, I think that they're kind of missing an edge or like a sense of direction. Right. I and agree. I think a loss now means success in the future, right. if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. That's what I have to say. Right. Um, I, I, I have nothing left to add to that. And I got, I got all my talking points in a, yeah. in a, a rant about Michigan state football being, I felt like I, le- I led the forum pretty well and I allowed Steven <laughs> to channel all of his thoughts. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, any final thoughts, Steven? No, sir. Um, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> just know I don't write headlines. So, if, uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you're uh, if you're out there out. on Reddit, if you're out there on Facebook, if you're out there on Twitter, trolling through, seeing that State News wrote that headline, uh, mental error that was our our fault. We'll make sure it gets fixed next time because um, that's yeah. inexcusable. Yeah, the story has nothing to do with the headline, and yeah, it's mostly the headline that uh, caused a lot of the controversy. And just remember that writers don't write their headlines; it's uh, it's editors, so you don't have to take that up with other people. And it, it wasn't me. Yeah. And it wasn't um, Casey. He wasn't yeah, here. Yeah, so. I, I had the day off. <laughs> um, well, on Thursday, we're going to talk about the could-be slaughter fest against Illinois. Does. <laughs> do, they, do they let it get the best of them? Uh, probably talk about the World Series because it'll be over by then. And then I, we'll probably find something else to talk about. But, yeah. Oh, and then basketball will be around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They play a game on Wednesday. So, exactly. Uh, so we'll talk, we'll talk to you about that when, when we see you again on Tuesday. Well, like I said, check us out on social media. Uh, Share us with your friends, families, loved ones. And yeah, uh, stay safe. Have a happy Halloween. Uh, It'll be November 1st by the time you listen to this. Right. So have a good, uh, (laughs) happy November 1st. (laughs) Happy birthday, Mom. Right. There it is. See everybody on Thursday.